Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his apocalyptic corner of the Marvel Universe. I'm your host, J.J. Hodges, and today I'm joined by none other than the legend himself, Emmett Davis. How are you, sir? Uh, you should Don't hype me up like that, J.J. That's, 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 <laughs> that's way too much to live up to. <laughs> um, hey, I calls him like I sees him. Uh, <laughs> um Today, uh, we are doing uh, a, re- uh, a recent story. One, uh, a re- Okay, let me start that over. <laughs> uh, do this story uh, that's uh, a fairly recent story and uh, has quickly become one of my favorite kind of what-if stories. I'm, of mm-hmm. course, talking about uh, Dark Ages, which was published from September 2021 to March 2022, written by Tom Taylor penciled and inked by Iban Coelho, colored by Brian Reber, and lettered by Joe Sabino. Um, so Emmett, you brought this one up and said you wanted to do it on the show, and I never want to shy away from a great uh, what-if story, especially mm-hmm. uh, one that um, Spider-Man factors into pretty, uh, you know, uh, I mean, pretty straightforwardly. He narrates the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so what drew you to this the, that you know you wanted to come back and talk about it? Well, what drew it, what drew me to it initially when it was coming out was a couple of things. Um, one of them being Tom Taylor as the mm. writer who I absolutely love who does stuff for DC Marvel. Um, so mostly anything that he does, I, I will read. Um, one of the other things was it's a six issue series. That's it. Um, in general, you don't need to know too much about um, a character's past. There is a little bit you have to kind of know, specifically when it gets into because there's so many characters in this book. Um, mm. So it helps to have a little bit of knowledge, and that's what I have when it comes to Marvel is a little bit of knowledge. Um, so, and the other, the third thing is with the Tom Taylor story, you know, there's just going to be massive carnage. You know mm. that there's going to be bodies and you know there's going to be uh, some humor um so all, all in all it's just kind of a, a roundabout way of saying that um you know tom taylor on a, a on a story where i don't have to be overly invested in that's what interests me and uh, when it comes to um you know spider-man book club there's lots of stories to read um and i just don't read them but knowing that this one you know, narrated, narrated by Peter, um, you know, he's got his daughter in it, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. The family aspect of it, which I uh, I know uh, a lot of Spider-Man fans are, are uh, been opining and harboring for for the very, very long time is some kind of family progression for Peter. Um, right. You know, and, and this one, we kind of get it without uh, without too much work. So, um, yeah, there's a lots of reasons. Um, Tom Taylor being number one for me. I, I will definitely agree with you there. Um, I like, I mean, just uh, 
the way I put this is that I don't want to buy the singles of a um, of a event book. I'd rather get the trade when it comes out. Um, having said that, uh, Tom Taylor's doing Beast World with DC. Uh, getting the single issues, don't care. You know, <laughs> Dark Knights of Steel. He's like, I'll just get them all because that's how that's how Dan Goody is, and that's how I was with Dark Ages. I I was right. getting those single issues because of him, um, because he's you just. I mean, like. I don't want to say genius, but I do want to say clever. Mm. Like he just, the, the pairings he does in his books, um, the, the really creative kills, you know, mm -hmm. because some of these characters just die in ways that's like, that was, you know, you have to admire the creativity behind it as opposed mm -hmm. to being in shock that a character was killed. Um, but yeah, it, but this was definitely uh, kind of, the the marvel version of uh his dc story i i got right. kind of those same kind of vibes um uh, mm -hmm. and and i love those books and i and it stinks you know thinking that man like i love dark ages but it also means that we may not get a sequel to it for a long time if we ever do because mm -hmm. taylor is exclusive to dc now <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah well that's one of the things actually jumping all over the place like one small negative for this story is that it's not long enough right um like i, I like the idea that it's six issues you can read it and and be done with it but it like it it totally could have used another six issues yeah um like tom taylor's story that he's also doing for dc um dark knights of steel um, yeah that just wrapped up 12 issues a perfect length you know you're able to tell lots of story there's more backstory you're able to give more uh, weight and breath to all of the characters, um, you know, and, and, and in this one in dark ages, like, and you, you talk about the, you know, the kind of the, um, the, the way that he kills off his characters, the, the imagination that he has, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's not afraid to kill big, huge characters. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. And just like in deceased and just like in, um, you know, telling different sides of the story with dark Knights of steel. That that's the thing with Tom Taylor. He's, He's okay telling a different kind of story, knowing that it's not, you know, an inline, um, you know, in continuity type of story like like uh, Dark Ages or Dark Knights of Steel or Deceased. Um, you know, he, he's saying, you know, this is this is my own thing and I'm going to, you know, ruin all of your favorite characters, all of your all of your favorite people. They're all dead. You know, Vision, <laughs> dead. Wanda, dead. <laughs> you know, the thing, dead. It's just, it's, it, you know, and it keeps her an interesting read throughout the six issues, you know, because mm -hmm. you're all... You know, back you know a long, long time ago when The Walking Dead was out, or Game of Thrones, you know, season one, you never know knew who was going to be next because yeah. the, some of the biggest people died. You know, Ed Ed Stark, um, you know, Rob Stark. If, if the biggest characters in the show can die, if the biggest characters in in you know Mar the Marvel universe can die, well, you know, what is next? So that kind of idea really keeps uh, the story fresh and interesting for me. Again, who who's not the biggest. Um, Marvel fan, Marvel uh, aficionado. I I think what uh, you know what's interesting about that is that you know I you, you know you're you're not really much of a Marvel fan, but this book with this or this writer could get you excited, where you can go, yeah, I'm, I'm on board because of him, 100%. and. And you know, it's like you know, we you've seen the movies, you've read some comics, so you know you mm -hmm. you know enough going in sure. to know, to know who the X Men are, who the Fantastic Four are, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and even at the time this came out, like pretty much every one of these, you know, Avengers characters had had a movie, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think what, uh, what what makes this story work is how uh, I, I guess how you know, like I said, it's kind of like his version of De- or his Marvel version of deceased. But the story does a really great job of really, in, you know, uh, getting right into the action immediately, mm-hmm. and. And keeping the suspense going because that's obviously not easy at all. And Ibon uh, Coelho, who you know did the art, and the art is beautiful in this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's something that I can't say for deceased. <laughs> I, I, I just <laughs> right. you know, no offense to I think is Trevor Herrine or whatever his name is. Just don't I don't like some of the I don't like it. I apologize, but I'm sure you're a nice guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whereas in this story, you get, um, you you get to know the stakes immediately, you know, and I don't know. He's just very clinical and in getting in right into the action and keeping, mm-hmm. and like I said, keeping the suspense going. But at the same time, we're still getting these great character beats, you know, stuff that sometimes I feel like other writers hadn't thought of before. You know, like an example later in the book is who would really win in a fight between like Cyclops and Wolverine? Well, if Cyclops Mm -hmm. just didn't stop, he'd just destroy, incinerate Mm -hmm. freaking Logan, right? You know? (laughs) And that was Uh, a horrifying image. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're you're right about all all of the things about Tom Taylor. And I agree with it about 100%. But, you know, I think it's two or three pages in, you know, it's or when the action really starts to happen, when all the spider people start to get their, you know, their spidey sense uh, a tingling. Um, but you're right about, so the action is, you know, momentous. There's big double page spreads by Coelho, all that kind of stuff. There's deaths left, right, and center. But then there is that family stuff from from um, Peter's perspective perspective mm-hmm. with his daughter, which mm-hmm. I'm all always all here for when it comes to, you know, big bombastic things but then there's the smaller moments that make it more human. Um, And I I think that's, you know, that's what I love about, you know, superhero comics or, and comics in general is the small minute moments, the people talking, the human moments, the family moments, the emotional moments that Mm -hmm. go along with the big action. Um, You know, and there's tons of humor in this book as well. When Deadpool starts coming around and starts doing Deadpool things, uh, (laughs) talking like Deadpool and, and all that, all that stuff. Um, you know, and in general, that this this comic book really has it all. And Tom Taylor, it's kind of a you know a microcosm of his entire career with what he's doing. Um, it's got everything that he does very very well. He does the human moments. He does the action really well. He does the you know the the over the top deaths, all of that stuff. Um, you know, and like there's there's small moments at, at funerals in this um, in the story, and there's the you know the big grandstanding villains with apocalypse. There's the sciencey science fiction nerd stuff with you know, um, yeah, with Tony Stark and, and and making the machine and all of that stuff. Like the the book really has it all, all packed into that six issues, like you're saying. And at times, um, you know, it feels like the gas just doesn't let up, uh, which can be good. Um, and I think that's more or less the story they were trying to tell. Um, but I could have used six more issues. 
just give me six more <laughs> just give me six more more characters um you know because it's like there are so many characters in this book and you're talking about the really good art by coelho and the difference between that and deceased mm-hmm. uh, we're roughly the same amount of characters but this book just looks outstanding from all all aspects of it. the colors um like you were saying and like the character designs you know and again somebody who doesn't know a lot about a character can look at you know, look at somebody like that on anything, even with Apocalypse, who, you know, I don't know that much about, or, um, you know, even Blade pops up every once in a while. It's like, that that looks like Blade to me. You know, yeah. that looks like Apocalypse to me. It's just the character designs, the, the way the characters are written. It's just, it's just more or less for me, it's a perfect blend of everything that I love yeah. in, in, about superhero comics. It, I think what uh, what Taylor does really shockingly well is how funny the books can be. 100%. You know, just, you know, um, you know, there, there's a line where, you know, later in the book where Peter yells at Dr. Doom and he's like, he's like, you know what? I'm not taking parenting advice from freaking Dr. Doom. <laughs> and it was just, it was so damn funny. I was just, I was just like, oh my God. Like I, I love these because those feel real too. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you have these over the top deaths or, you know, this craziness that's happening, um, you know, like I always like to say, as long as you're buying into the emotional reality, you can let all the science fiction-y gobbledygook slide. <laughs> and for me, it's, you know, having, uh, you know, Peter be, you know, his daughter's crawling on the ceiling in the beginning. Yep. And he's like, okay, I got to go get her. He's like, all right, Angel, come on, I got you. You know, it's just this, like, hilarious image. And mm-hmm. um, and that's really what... Uh, what works about this is, is the humor because it, you know, this could be a really dark dour story, but uh, not just the humor, but the, the hope that Taylor puts Mm -hmm. in, you know, he tells these apocalyptic stories and yet you feel uplifted afterwards. What the hell's up with that? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to feel sad over here. What's with all this happiness? (laughs) Um, Yeah. hundred percent. Like even with uh, moon girl and and the, the dinosaur, um, you know, you see her in the first in the first issue as well, but then in the later issues with uh, Deadpool when he's around and there's the the bus that they're riding on. Yeah, um, I forget what they call like the Dead Mobile or the Death Mobile or something. Um, yeah, like again, it's that that you can't have a story, specifically a superhero story, from one of the big two where it all where it's all doom and gloom. I think I think you have to have something that gives you a sense of hope, or or it just yeah. doesn't it or it just won't work all the way around. Um, you know, that, that's, that can be said for any of the characters, even the darkest characters, you have to have something for them to look forward to something, something that they're fighting for. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, that's, that's it for Peter in this story for, for Spider-Man, it's his daughter, it's Mary Jane. Um, it's all of his friends and even his friends that he's lost. Um, I think that's where it all, it all comes back around in this story. Um, you know, it's all about family, JJ. It's all about family. That's, uh, you know, and, and that's something that I think the, the current Marvel comics, they kind of lack in, you know, where the, I think DC has done a great job of embracing the, you know, the, the characters getting older and, you know, having children, you know, mm-hmm. or, right. or grandchildren or whatever. Uh, so to give some sort of, you know, weight to the stories, whereas the, the regular Marvel universe doesn't really do that is, you know, fam- infamously, I should say, <laughs> kept Mary Jane and Peter apart for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, 
it, it, you know, it, it gets it gets on your nerves because it's like, well, I want to see these characters grow up and mature and and have things change, you know, because you know a kid's still going to like this comic even if Peter Parker is a dad now, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think you know I was telling uh, uh, Nico during our uh, Spider Shadow discussion, I was like, I I kind of dig the what if stories a little bit more because mm. they, they get to you know, we're not just going to play in the sandbox. We're just going to like throw the sand every which way in the <laughs> playground, you know, and you better cover your mm-hmm. eyes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, well, that those are the stories, again, for somebody who's not invested in the Marvel universe. Those are the stories that I'm attracted to where there's something different about the character, something that yeah. I can, can jump onto without knowing, you know, the 30, 40, 50 year history of a character. Um, and I think that's 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 what the story does. Again, you have to know a little bit. You have to know who these characters are, um, but you don't have to know their history. You don't have to know everything about them. Um, you just have to know, you know, apocalypse, big, bad, scary, trying to do bad things, and superheroes trying to stop them. Um, you know, in in, in 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 some terms, it can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be you know a big, confusing, long story. Again, it doesn't have to be a long story. They can they can put it into six issues and make it work, which this one does. Mm-hmm. Um, by packing in the action, by packing in the emotion, and and by packing in just really smart writing. I think, um, you know, they talk about how the, you know, that it was like this planet-wide EMP, and I think it said something mm-hmm. about even going out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was already smart because that keeps all your, you know, Earth stuff still Earthbound. So you know mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to see the Guardians of the Galaxy pop up, you know, sure. or or Thanos or what or the Silver Surfer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having the <clears throat> excuse me the main villain be Apocalypse is it, it's inspired casting in a way because it's mm-hmm. like oh well this this is definitely a character that would thrive during something like this because you know he's a mutant he's thousands of years old and mm-hmm. be, because it just strangely makes sense you know that the the being named apocalypse is going to be a part of you know, quote unquote the apocalypse right <laughs> <laughs> very succinctly named for sure yes <laughs> uh, well that's what i like again about the this this book and having you know x-men characters fantastic four characters avengers characters you know, like it's a real blending of of the entire marvel universe but leaving out ones that um, like you're saying, makes sense in the story without leaving or with leaving the space space um, uh, characters that have like the Guardians and, and so forth. So it, again, it all makes sense to me, um, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, they they get to the the EMP and the deaths and everything all really quick just to get to the get to the good stuff. As as I think the thing says when they when they get they get down to the center of the Earth, it's like take that's going to take some clobbering. Like it's very simple <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, with very simple characters who we all all know and love, and and you know again about the apocalypse um, character. That's a really interesting character. I, again, I don't know this, but the apocalypse character being involved with the Avengers characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very interesting idea for me, and again something that I was interested in. You know, what's this X Men character have to do with the Avengers? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how are they related? How how would they how would how would the Avengers handle it? How would Spider-Man handle that? So that 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 kind of stuff just really interested me right out right out the right out the gate. Well, you know, it's it's funny you bring that up because 
I think those stories, again, you almost have to think of them all as, or, you know, think of all the what if ones as, I don't know, being slightly more creative because technically speaking, those kind of characters don't always um, cross over, right? There's like the Avengers world, yeah. the Spider-Man world, and the X-Men world. And mm -hmm. so to have like an X-Men villain be the main villain for like an Avengers, you know, I don't know. Avengers slash X-Men slash, you know, Fantastic Four, whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, ha have that X-Men villain be the, the, the antagonist. It really, uh, it begs the question, well, how would, you know, Tony Stark act around Apocalypse? Because he's probably mm -hmm. never really interacted with him before. Right. You know, and then also using Apocalypse being smart and, and straight up saying, I always thought mutant, you know, mutants were superior. And then I meet, you know, these other humans and maybe I was thinking too narrowly, you know, mm. even though he doesn't really care in the end, as we find out, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but also using uh, uh, the purple man who I don't think is uh, a mutant. I, I'm pretty sure he's just metahuman. So it's like, you know, it, it just, it, it's blowing my mind because I'm sitting there reading it going, this is like, perfect this is stuff you talk about like with your friends like wait like what would happen if like the purple man was working with apocalypse like who right. the hell thinks of this stuff you know and <laughs> and it, it ended up making the story just you know the the those rising stakes i talked about it just works so well because mm. we know enough about these characters because by this time you know like the first season the first season of jessica johnson come out so mm. A lot of people are definitely aware of who the Purple Man is in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. and it it was just uh, just brilliant casting, you know, by mm -hmm. uh, by Ta by Tom Taylor to have these different uh, characters interact with each other because it's like we may never see this again because I'm pretty sure I've never seen this before. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what what's happened with other Marvel. Um, events or crossovers or anything like that but for a six issue story to bring about you know 90 percent of the marvel universe on the whole into in, into one little story like that's that's quite the task yeah um you know and like i said and even with killing off a whole bunch of those um characters um for the first um or basically through all of the six issues um you know and then just the utilization of different kind of characters like you know wolverine is in the book for two pages you know right. or logan is in the book for two pages but then you know lara uh wolverine is is the is in full front and center and again that makes sense because tom taylor um you know wrote um the new wolverine with with lara and all that kind of stuff so that makes that was sense. A great that was a great series too yeah for sure um but then like the dr doom inclusion um you know blade in include and um, the the way that Storm works, you know how, yeah. how her role is in the story, and just all the different pieces and having them all blended together um, just makes for a really interesting read. And like the 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 tricks and the and the uh, the ways way that Tom Taylor used some of the characters in different ways as like um, tricking us, um, mm -hmm. like the stuff with Mystique and Captain America and um, all that kind of stuff and. Um, just just having all these characters on pages, but then also the again the way that Coelho draws the characters mm -hmm. just makes m very much sense to me. Like they're not 
Um, like Mystique is wearing a white, like it's got the red hair and the blue skin and wearing it like a white dress, just like mm-hmm. she kind of wore in the animated series. Um, yeah. you know, the ap- apocalypse looks kind of like he did in the animated series. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, make this book for people who know a little bit about the Marvel universe or people that know everything about the Marvel universe, but make, yeah. but looking at a page, be like, Oh, I know who that is. Like, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I know who that is. And like, and like you're saying, having Kilgrave, um, right around the time the, the Jessica Jones series is coming out, like that kind of makes sense. And, you know, seeing how they end is also really fun, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, the, just having different characters interacting with each other is just always so much fun when you don't have to do a lot of homework. Like one of the th- <laughs> big problems for me with events and crossovers specifically, because I read most of the DC ones, it's just, it, it's just too much work. It's, it's too much work to trying to keep all the storylines all together. And what worked with Deceased, the same way what what's working or what worked with Dark Ages, um, it's just you don't have to know a lot. They just yeah. they tell you, they show you, and here it is. And I think that's you know th- that's got to be the selling point of the book too. You know, mm-hmm. is you know we're telling you a story. We're telling you a story that takes place in the Marvel universe, but one you're familiar enough with. Whether you're a mm-hmm. diehard fan. You just like the movies or the cartoons or whatever, and and I think what's what's great about it is that you know th- this book actually lets Peter you know be smart you know and mm. and be helpful and find solutions to things and mm-hmm. um and then even like you know uh, Nick Fury's role in it and and mm-hmm. what a and a great choice to have the black Nick Fury right you know as opposed to mm. the 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 white Nick Fury. Because uh, I don't know if you know that or not, but that that Samuel L. Jackson version of Nick Fury is canon now in the the in the comics, revealed okay. to be a illegitimate son of Nick, the original <laughs> Nick Fury. Oh, so, that's fun. <laughs> so so his presence in the story, you know, does make sense. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know, if you're just like, oh, you know, there's you're just a fan of the movies, you just you know, watch the Avengers for the fourteenth time. Like, oh, I I know these characters, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, just like the like the pitch perfect writing for everybody, you know. And and I love that Tom Taylor really makes an effort to make sure that the the, the female characters are mm-hmm. the like the most badass of anybody in this in this group, you know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and you know, like how Sue Storm kind of wins the day at the end, right? I was mm-hmm. just like, I love how he's not contradicting anything she has done or can do in the comics, but he's adding an extra layer to it. Like, Oh, that makes sense given what her powers are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I love the, just like I was talking about storm, um, like her, her kind of inclusion in the story. And like, I love how her and black Panther um, have a thing going on. Um, I like the inclusion with that. And like, we already talked about Lara. Um, being involved as, as the Wolverine. Um, yeah, the Sue Storm is, is cool, and I love the way she looks. I like her. Um, I forget which issue it is, but they're it's the whole group in them, and they're walking in somewhere. Maybe it's the last issue. Um, I think they're walking in, like, going to get Tony. Um, I can't remember, but she's got, like, the, the Fantastic Four, like, the four right on her on her chest and she just looks badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, like, and then Moon Girl's all over the, all over it, like, and She-Hulk's here. Um, and like, it, it's just a blend of everything. No one gets short-sighted, I think, in, in character-wise for mm-hmm. the ones that are in the book. 
Um, whether it's the female characters, the kids, even the characters that die, like Nick Fury, um, I think he gets his moments. Um, yeah. And obviously, all the other characters get lots of moments as well. Um, you know, Night Nightcrawler gets a few moments. Um, yeah. You know, Dracula for Christ's sakes gets a couple moments, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. which is which is fun. You know, um, just everyone gets a moment, and I, I, I think that in a six issue story with so many characters, I think that's that's pretty hard to pull off. No, it it really is because you you know some like somebody in the Marvel universe is somebody's favorite superhero, and it might not be exactly. who you think it is, right? So it, it it helps to be like let's you know if Blade's going to be in the story, let's give him some mm -hmm. badass moments. You know, mm -hmm. I definitely want to have you know the you know the female Wolverine, the Laura, you know X twenty three, doing some stuff and. And none of it feels like th them pairing together, right? It, none of it feels like, wait, why would you put them together? It feels like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Nobody thought of that before, yeah. you know? <laughs> and even kind of the, there's this, uh, of all the kind of villain double crossing that happens in it, Dr. Doom does not. He stays firm, like, you know, I, no, I, the, the planet's kind of screwed up. And if we don't work together, we're just, we're going to screw it up even more. Which is just all you really need to know about the guy is that his name is Doctor Doom, right? <laughs> and he's in this. He's you know practically Doctor, you know, Hope. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Again, some of the characters you think it should be bad aren't, um, and like that's that's kind of the cool thing of, as well. Even the people who are working with Apocalypse, like you wouldn't mm -hmm. think that they they should be. Um, which I which I think is is an interesting idea, and that's kind of the idea about you know what happens when people are at their you know at the final moments of the end of the world. You know what what yeah. would people actually do, and what would superheroes do when when something like this happens? Um, you know, and a lot could have happened in I think it's a seven year gap yeah. between the, the 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 between the ending of when when that group goes down to the center of the earth and 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 all die. Um, and then when when Peter's telling his story around the fire at the end of issue number one, I think. Um, yep. So like a lot of happened, a lot has happened to the characters. Um, you know, Beast is working with Apocalypse. You know, yep. that's that's something unexpected that even from Beast and you know Doctor Doom being an okay person. You know, he's still a <laughs> jerk, and, and, yeah. and but he's not he's not the one trying to to do what Apocalypse is doing. So I, I, again, it's just a cool a cool thing to see for 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 a book with so many characters that you get some that are doing something that it's against their nature mm -hmm. um, based on what the, what the story and what world um, we are in now with no power and so many people dead. You know, it's, it's that idea of the, uh, the, the apocalypse not being, I think what, what you'd expect. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean that both like kind of literally and figuratively, because it's like, you know, you know, maybe there will be this EMP machine that just destroys all technology in the world, you know, or all electricity. How does that work? Um, but I think also uh, about I, I like both sides of the story where humanity kind of turns on itself. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of get that in Walking Dead stuff uh, mm -hmm. or in this case, you know, humanity comes together. And I think both sides are are logical in their own weird emotional ways, you know, because um, mm -hmm. 
because you'd like to think maybe there'd be some pain at first and then people will be like, we got to stop this. We got to rebuild our world. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think about that? If the end of the world, either people are against each other or they finally come together. Well, I think again, we, we already kind of talked about there needs to be a, a kind of hope or otherwise, what are the, what are the heroes hiding, fighting for? Sure. Um, so I understand that a lot of bad things happen at the start. And I think that's, the same for a lot of, you know, post-apocalyptic stories. Everything's really bad at the start when people are, are when there's no information, when people are left to their own devices. But when right. things eventually do settle down, when plans start to be made, when teams start to be made, when families come together, um, that's where you get to see um, that light at the end of the tunnel um, in, in some aspects. So, like, I understand. Like, I, I do wonder if there's, like, a prequel series to this where you find out what happens in that seven years, you know, yeah. Peter talks a little bit about it, but there's still stuff that happens, you know, there's still more sure. to be told. Um, you know, I, I think there has to be, you know, there has to be a light. There has to be a, a glimmer of hope for our characters, even in the worst of times. And again, this is a Marvel story. You know, sure. you're not going to get, um, you're not going to get a true indication of what's going to happen when, if there's, <laughs> If there actually is a apocalypse like this and, sure. and everything like that, um, but you're going to get a, a fairly good idea through the eyes of of superheroes, through kid characters, through um, you know Deadpool who makes jokes half the mm -hmm. time and and all that kind of stuff. So I think it all makes sense in, in this story um, where there is the um, I think of like the last page in the last book is like just there's a big ass sun, you know, and our heroes walking towards the sun, yeah. uh, having having won the day. That's what you, that, that's what I want to see in superhero stories. Mm -hmm. I want to see our characters go through some bad stuff. And as they're going through that bad stuff, they're still positive. They're still seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And then by the end of it, they get to that tunnel. That's what our heroes are for. Yeah. It's for, it's for getting to that light and bringing us, us regular people, um, which is interesting. I don't know if there's a single human in the story. Um, um, I'd have I mean, to, I'd have to think <laughs> Mary Jane, sure, she's she's a she's a regular person. Although she wears yeah. the Iron Man suit, uh, like the Hulkbuster suit, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and does a couple of things. So that's kind of an interesting idea as well. Is that we don't get to see the the human side of the story. We only get to see the the superhero um, side overall, which is interesting. Well, that might be you know when you talk about your you feel like this the story is missing six issues. Th that's yeah. probably where that would come in, right? Is you know Maybe. The, either the man on the street or the some of the human superheroes, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cause you get like Tony Stark for the most part in this is uh brainwashed. Right. So, <laughs> so he's not really mm -hmm. one of the good guys. Um, but I like him in the beginning and, and I kind of like how he's just honest about it. He's like, I'm, he's like, I, I miss technology. Like I'm, I feel mm -hmm. kind of, I feel, I feel kind of useless. Mm -hmm. And I, and that really spoke to me because it was like, man, look at, you know, it's not even like how the mighty have fallen kind of situation. It's just look how the insecurities can easily change here. Like Spider-Man is like thriving and is mm -hmm. like everybody's favorite superhero in the, <laughs> in the, you know, apocalyptic world. Whereas pre-apocalypse Tony was like adored. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, um, uh, but, but it also, you know, as far as both characters are concerned, it feels, it feels real. It feels mm -hmm. like well, this is how they would react here, and um, and it and it gets me excited feeling like 
you know, again, you know, talking again about how you don't really need to know much to enjoy this. So I think that's what, what helps, you know, for me, at least I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's, you know, it's familiar and it's different and I don't know what's going to happen. And that Mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen side of it is the best part, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, I like what you said about uh, Tony Stark and his, you know, not knowing, I don't want to say his purpose or whatever, but how different he can be without, without his suit. Yeah. Um, That's kind of, I think that's a joke in one of the Avengers movies. Um, You know, who are you without just, without your suit? And he says, you know, billionaire philanthropist, whatever. Um, Yeah. You know, so that that's an interesting thing. And even Peter, you know, he's got his new web shooters because mm-hmm. his don't work anymore. He had to make new ones. Um, you know, so people adapt as much as they can to still yeah. um, to still be the heroes that we all know and love. You know, you, <laughs> bringing up the web shooters reminds me of I loved how, he, you know, he, he did in front of Deadpool and he was like, it didn't say thwip. It said thwap. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a different sound. And yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that just that you could like hear that in Ryan Reynolds' voice, right? You know, right. just um, and, and I think you know, when Deadpool came in, he was, um, you know, I, I don't know, it's because I, I feel like it's super easy to make Deadpool mm-hmm. annoying, but mm-hmm. Taylor makes him right up to the edge of annoying, he's not annoying, he's a, about to be annoying. But mm-hmm. right now, I think he's funny as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah well, yeah, well, there's the other moment where he shoots Kilgrave. And I forget who says something to him. He's like, oh, um, so-and-so was going to grab him. Weren't you listening? He's like, no, I wasn't listening. I was driving the bus. Oh, um, yeah, you know, yeah. He's just, he's, you know, he, he just, it's, it, it, and it, it, it's a good, you know, we, we're talking about it again. But the little piece of levity to the story, yeah. um, you know, just it just adds a little bit something. Um, you know, and it's cool. His word bubbles are different too. I think they're yellow, yep. um, you know, to, 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 you know, more or less show the, the meta-ness of, of his, of his talking, um, which mm-hmm. is, which is an interesting idea. Um, and I, I like the inclusion of him in the story. Again, he's not overused. Like you're saying, he's not that annoying character being overused and, sho- and shoved in our face. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, again, all, all the, all the characters in the story, I think get their due, get, get, get a little piece to shine. I, you know, and I think um, that's what's great about it is you you get to see, you know, all these characters uh, thriving, too, mm-hmm. you know, because it would be easy to just have this be this, you know, did you read, um, you know, Last Night on Earth, the uh, Snyder and Capullo story? For Batman? Is that the one where he carries the Joker thing around in the, yeah. the glass jar? Yeah, I read yeah. some of that, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it... And it kind of works for that story, but the idea of like this post-apocalyptic world as being this barren wasteland and there's no heroes in sight, mm-hmm. I, you know, that has a is a valid option. But I, but I just love the idea that no, these heroes came together and they like kind of, you know, they're they're doing better than they were because mm-hmm. they get to be you know be heroic in a much different way. And uh, and that's just kind of blows my mind a little bit going, wow, this this like post-apocalyptic scary future doesn't look that bad, you know? Well, and that's the way our heroes should make us feel. We should be able to look at any of our heroes and, and realize that we are going to be OK. 
Um, you know, and I think what it's the end of the first issue where Peter finds his finds he thinks Mary Jane and his daughter are gone. Um, yeah, and he finds out that they're not. Um, and I forget what he says. Uh, we built another world, a world to be proud of. Um, you know, that that's the, that's an interesting idea. Um, is that the heroes will rebuild if if they are yeah. able to and make the world as best possible as they can. You know, and our heroes are always, you know, what we as humans strive to be and want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're different facets and of ourselves. Um, you know, and that that's what we want our heroes to be in the darkest of moments when they think all is lost. Is to say, you know, screw that. Not all is lost. There's still yeah. something worth fighting for. I think that's uh, that. That's always Spider-Man's thing too. Is yeah, you know. that in that I think that's it too. That's that's the Peter Parker. That's the Spider-Man aspect to it. Like, again, right before that moment, he narrates the world was dark, but there was still some light. You know, I yeah. I think that's what Peter Parker is like, and I think that's why he's so so you know renowned and so loved. It's just his mm-hmm. his his overt optimism towards making sure that everything is all right, and he puts it all in him all in himself. I'm the one who can make it right. You know, I'm the one who has to sacrifice everything. You know, my life, my girlfriend, my school, um, my job, everything to make things right. Because I am, you know, the bullshit about, you know, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, all that stuff. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's Peter Parker. That's Spider-Man. And that that's that's the through line throughout the whole story. Yeah. It's the backbone of Spider-Man throughout this whole story told through um, various characters. And, and I think... Um... You know, we we get you know uh, Spider-Man's narration, and mm-hmm. and that's obviously deliberate because he's very much yeah. the everyman of the Marvel universe. Um, despite despite being a superhero, he's still considered, you know, like 100 human by <laughs> everybody. You know, um, sure. so I mean, it's, it's interesting observation. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I like that. Uh, when the story really wants to get visceral and dark, it doesn't shy away from it. And mm-hmm. when it's hopeful, it's hopeful. When So every emotional beat is hit in the best possible way, you know, and, and I was, you know, I was thinking about this, you were talking about the Peter Parker of it all. And I, my biggest complaint about the book is, you know, I wish Miles Morales had been a part of it more. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of got the shaft being, the Venom Carnage host, and don't, don't get me wrong, it works for the story. It's it's all well and good, but I'm just like ah, I I missed Miles through this, you know. So that's why the story is a nine point nine out of ten for me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, like if there was a, if this was a regular crossover, there would have been a tie-in, you know, Miles yeah. Morales Spider-Man story. Um, you know, I just finished playing um, Spider-Man Two for PS5 and. Um, even the Miles Morales PS4 game, like Miles is awesome. Oh yeah, more Miles, please. Um, you know, and I like, I do like the idea that he's got, um, you know, the Venom Carnage thing, and I like the way he tells the story. Um, yeah, about it as well. Uh, but yeah, for sure. Like, the, what happened? What happened to you, Miles? Give me more <laughs> of what happened to you. Yeah, um, and I think he's got the cool black and white suit. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he's got that on. He, I, I looks, think at the end, looks, yeah. Yeah, and it, like it friggin' looks killer. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could have used more miles as well, but in, you know, we get a little bit of the, I think there's a page with some more spider people on, I think the ones with silk where again, there's the, 
their spider sensors are the first ones that that sense the the attack or whatever. Right, um, right. Like this could have been a they could have taken away every single other character and just made it a spider family character uh, story as well. Mm-hmm. They could have done it a whole different kind of ways. Uh, but it's just there's there's so many characters, and I do think that they still get their day. But I again, there could have been six more issues, and could have could have breathed a little bit more life into uh, any of them. Well, you know, it. I wonder if uh, because the all the DC stuff. I mean, the way DC, you know, the first volume ends is clearly setting up a sequel. Um, right. So, and and then you know they have the the digital hope of the world's end stuff, which is fantastic. Not a fan mm-hmm. of the art of that either, but the story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the, you know, unkillables and all this other stuff. Whereas this mm-hmm. story, which, you know, almost should have been the same version of that with Marvel. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. these six issues, you know, mm-hmm. should have been 12, should have had a spinoff, should have had all this <laughs> other stuff going on. Like what happened in outer space to the guardians or silver mm-hmm. surfer or whatever. Um, but and and maybe that's just not the story that they were telling this time. They just wanted it right. to be quick and contained, which I'm all for. But at the same time, I'm also greedy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Um, but I think you know. But that's where Tom Taylor really succeeds. Is that even a story that feels complete? Like I don't feel like I'm missing anything out of this, but I'm still mm-hmm. craving more of it. You know, it's. It's it's like you know I, I'm full from lunch, but I can't wait for dinner tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that, that, at, at times that's the most that's the best type of flattery and the best type of fra- best type of praise. You gave me something good, but you I could have taken more of that goodness. Yeah, um, you know. And again, they they told their story. That's totally fine. And I don't know the backstory about why you know this seemingly could have been an event. It could have been right. crossovers and tie-ins. I don't know. Maybe that's just not what Tom Taylor wanted, which is totally fine. Um, but it, it felt like there could have been more. You know, there could have been more backstory. There could have been more about each character. Um, there could have been more, more, more. And like, I, I, I don't know how well this did for sales, but there could be sequels. Like, there's still the world. Um, yeah. You know, there's still the world afterwards, even though they're walking off. You know, towards the sun, and you know, everything's all happy, all good. But. You know, there's more villains. Maybe Doctor Doom eventually does his heel turn and comes back. Like there, there's always more to tell, and I, I do think that this one is is right for a sequel, or it could have a sequel, could have prequels, could have more, um, just because there's so much life in every page, every story, every issue in 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 the series. I I totally agree. Where um, I felt this way when I was reading Injustice and Deceased, where mm. I felt like in volumes one of, you know, of, of each, I, I felt like, oh, he did it all. He got them all in there. And then sure. volume two comes out. It's like, oh, I, I forgot about these people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah um, exactly. <laughs> so so I know that there's characters he didn't use in this. I can't yeah. think of them off the top of my head. But it's like, it, well, there, there's, there's going to be, there has to be more because... I know you didn't use all of the toys in the toy box because you're right. You're a damn clever bastard. You are <laughs> <laughs> Tom Taylor. You son of a bitch. Yeah, for sure. That uh, That's totally understandable. And that uh, doesn't make sense. But again, leaving you wanting more is not a bad thing. No, um, no. It's, it just, it just is. And makes this one even, you know, even more enjoyable on rereads as well. Um, I yeah. think this is a very, 
it's it's again with it only being six issues um you know we can read it in, in a day um you know there's not again not too much heavily invested in it but it, it's just it's a great reread um with with it yeah. being so short and and with everything that's included in it totally um it's i mean it's well worth your time and mm-hmm. and revisits too because it's you know e- even though there there are a few twists and turns in it 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 never feels like too much it just i don't know it's mm-hmm. it's a breezy read but i also want to not read it so fast even though the story is you know boom 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 you know mm-hmm. um if if that makes any sort of sense <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah it's you know it, it's I, I can't recommend this book enough. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. It's scary. It's action packed. It's, it's, it's everything you want in a comic series. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. And that's why I love it so much. It's, it's got everything that I, as a outside observer of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. want to read um, in, in a, in a superhero comic. Um, I like that, you know, Peter is the central person, even though, you know, there's issues where he's really not doing too much. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he's there. His, his The idea behind Peter Parker and Spider-Man is in throughout the series or throughout the issues. Um, you know, his na- narration pops up um, right. every once in a while. It's got every character you, you could think of. But like I said, you said, JJ, I think there's always more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's got everything that I think Marvel fans, superhero fans, even DC fans love about comic books. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so Emmett, this has been a blast. I'm glad we got to do this. Um, mm-hmm. This has been a ton of fun. And if people are, uh, you know, out there in the interwebs looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Davis Seven. Um, I do a show with my friend Chris Evans, Gathering of the Geeks. You can find that show on YouTube and wherever you got your podcast. Just search Gathering of the Geeks. And uh, you'll find us there. JJ, as always, um, I thank you for asking me for coming on and that we could figure out a way to to merge Dark Ages into your Spider-Man book club. (laughs) Oh, it was my pleasure. Uh, You know, you know, it's this, you know, has Spider-Man in the title, but I'm always down for Marvel stories. Um, (laughs) uh, As for me, you can find me at uh, Spider-Man Books on Twitter uh, or my personal account, which is at four comic junkies. That's F O R comic junkies. You can also email me at uh, Spider Man Book Club at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Please write a review, subscribe, get those buds in ears. And you know what? We'll end it as we always do with Stan Lee's signature Excelsior. But if the power was out, it would just be. Excelsior, because you wouldn't have a microphone, you would just kind of hear it in the distance, maybe. (laughs) That makes sense.